Hello and welcome to Voice of Restoration, a broadcast outreach of the Christian Brethren Church, bringing you Bible-based teachings from author and Bible teacher, Pastor Afolabi Oladeli. Today, Beyond the Pulpit, Part 4, Finding Your Place in the 11th Hour Walk, The Role of the Woman. Beyond the Pulpit, Part 4, Finding your place in the 11th hour walk, the role of the woman. It's helpful to trace the evolution of the place of the woman as presented in the word of God. Until I made a consensual study of this, it wasn't quite clear. And I pray that some of the things that the Lord showed me they will resonate with you and quicken your spirits that you may run in the manner in which God expects you to run. Patterns in the word of God that are missed except you deliberately look at them in the manner in which the Lord has set them. Two things appear to have led to what I call the doctrinal contention regarding the woman and her place in the society and indeed, when it comes to the house of God. Genesis 1.27, where the Lord, Genesis, Genesis 1.26 and 27, where the Lord first spoke concerning the creation, said, let us know God created man in his own image. That, and he said, so God created man in his own image. Yes. In the image of God created, created he them. him. Male, Male and, female and female created he them. And God blessed them. Thank you. And you can see something here. That if you look at other translations of the scriptures, what's translated there is actually translated human beings in a generic form. And you have been taught here. I know you have heard it from talks. You've heard it from me. But everything that was spoken in Genesis chapter 1 reflected what was what in the heart of God the things that God had decided in his heart that he was going to do and in his heart he saw man and woman as you read it male and female excuse me male and female made he them yet he called them man Therefore, you will understand that in the process that Genesis 2-7 represents, you can see an order in which God formed Adam out of the clay and later on brought forth the woman, howbeit equal members of the council of God on earth. The council of God on earth, Adam and Eve functioned like any other of the, what I will call the angels of God. Amen? Had the same clothing of light and walked in the garden in the manner in which God commanded them to do until sin came. Until what? Sin. Sin came. 
Genesis 3.16, if you will give me that. And I want it in both King James and also, if you can have it in Amplified, Amplified Classic. If you can't get Amplified Classic, just will be satisfied with living translation. Unto the woman, he said, mm -hmm. I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. I will do what? Greatly multiply thy will sorrow. Will suggest something of a change. I will means different from what you were before. I am making you this. There is a change, a state change that God introduced here when sin came. Amen? Genesis 6.16 spoke to the changed state of the woman and in three particulars. One, the first one that you said, multiplication of what? Con sorrows in conception. Two, in sorrow thou yes. shalt bring forth children. Motherhood in sorrow. And three, and thy desire shall be to thy husband. Your desire will be towards your husband. And he shall rule over thee. And he shall rule over you. You have heard me say that why God had to speak about the man ruling over the woman. They say, if there is no reason, uh, how do the Yoruba people say it? Uh, well, that is too advanced for me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, anyway, I, I can't find the Yoruba words there. That's fine. But there is a reason for which God said, your husband will rule over you. The headship of man the entry of the disorder called sin made necessary a headship which God in his wisdom vested in the man. Now that the redemption from sin has come, and if we all, including the woman, are well taught and are wholly obedient to the word of God, what happens to this inscription? It doesn't go anywhere, the instruction stands, but the relationship changes. The instruction stands, the relationship changes because the cause of that, God himself removed. And that's why you will find in ancient Israel things that pertain to the way the woman functioned in that society. In ancient Israel, women participated in every aspect of community life except in temple priesthood. Mark my words. In every dimension of life, the woman participated except in what? Temple priesthood. And I make a distinction between temple priesthood and temple worship. Because in temple worship, you found women participated. Amen? Amen? They played music in the sanctuary, Psalm 68, verse 22. And I'm, I am deliberately going slow because I want this written on the tables of your heart in the manner in which you can see yourself as God sees you. And you don't shortchange yourself in terms of what has positioned you to be. Yes, Psalm 68. Yes. The Lord said, I will bring again from Bashan. I will bring my people again from the depths of the sea that thy foot may be dipped in the blood of thine enemies. 25, please. The singers went before. The players on instruments followed after. And among them were what? Damsels playing with timbrels. Among them were what? Damsels, Damsels 
playing who are themselves men oh in temple worship in temple worship as opposed to temple priesthood women were reckoned with amen women were in commerce and real estate proverbs 31 i have thought on that years ago women were in manual labor you remember ruth when she went into the field of boaz to go and do what to go and glean women sang and danced with men in religious processions second samuel 6 19 and 22 quickly please we have many scriptures to go through and i'm deliberately giving this because there is the need for us to disabuse our minds from the stereotype that we have carried on account of tradition that has been passed over. Amen? And every word that I will speak, I will back with the scriptures in the manner that you will understand the liberty or the boundaries of the liberty that God has got you to. Amen? Yes? And it dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men. As well, and he dealt among the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well as to the women as men, to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine, so all the people departed, everyone to his house. Men and women in religious processions, you found them there in ancient Israel. And they participated in music, in festivities of weddings, as you will find in Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 7, and chapter 3, verse 11. I won't read that. I'll just give you those scriptures. We have quite a bit to go. Women were included when God instituted the Mosaic Covenant. Deuteronomy 29, 11. That I would want to read. So that in the ancient Israel... If there was anything that was the, the woman was excluded from, it was only in temple what? Priesthood. God maintained the instruction that he gave in Genesis chapter 3 verse 16, even in priesthood, in saying the leadership in the priesthood was in the confines of men. But every other facet of life, commerce, and so on and so forth, women participated freely. Yes, you are giving me Deuteronomy 29, 11. Your little ones. Yes. Your wives. Your wives. And thy stranger that in is the, in the that camp. camp. So no one was excluded. No one was excluded in all the occasions that God called for solemn assembly. Your little ones, your wives, the stranger that is in thy camp, and you will know, at least from the story of the birth of Samuel, that the wives of, um, what is his name, um, Elkanah, went with him to every one of those solemn assemblies. And Hannah, it was at a solemn assembly that he had the encounter with the living God that made her who she was. Women were not limited to private roles during those times. Several of them exercised leadership in Israel. Miriam, the sister of Moses, you know, she led the women in worship after they passed the Red Sea. How many of you remember that? You remember that? Deborah, a judge, a prophetess. And the word said, specifically, she was also what? A wife and a mother. Yet, she was a leader and she was a prophetess. So, what changed? Huldah was also a prophetess. 
whom King Josiah consulted instead of Jeremiah. Second Kings twenty two fourteen to twenty. Because you said who? Hmm, let's read it. Amen. Second Kings twenty two fourteen to twenty. So Hilkiah the priest, and Haikam, and Achbor, and Shaphan, and Isaiah went unto Huda the prophet. They went to who? Huda. They went to who? They went to Huda, the prophetess. The wife of Shalom, of the, the son of Tigva, and so on and so forth. Go on. The son of Hahash, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she dwelt in Jerusalem, in the college, and they communed with her. And she said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Tell oh. the man that sent you to me. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place. She was a contemporary of Jeremiah. Go and check the story of the kings. I'm trying to let you see what history was in Israel. The church in the wilderness as we love to call it. Genesis 2.12. You read in that story something that some of us have come to accept by force. Amen? Amen? God said in the same way as God said to Adam. God also said to Sarah, listen to I've lost you. Abraham, excuse me. God said to Sarah, God said to Abraham, do what? Listen to her in the matter of in the matter of? In the matter of what? Oh, come on, guys. In the matter of Ishmael. In the matter of Ishmael. Am I going too fast? Because if you can't pick simple things like that, I worry. In the matter of Ishmael, God told Abraham, listen to your wife. How many men are here? Who listen to their wives. I will embarrass you by asking them whether you listen. Your wife is there. You listen to her. <laughs> Does he listen to you? When it is necessary. <laughs> I will not ask from my peers because we are in the same category. <laughs> Somebody is clapping there. <laughs> I didn't see anything, no. But we've come to accept that. I learned the hard way. 99% of the time that my wife says don't do it, and I use stronger to do it, I turn out to be wrong. I can't explain it. So I have learned to listen. Doctor, say you listen. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 18.22 tells us, He who finds a wife finds a good thing. And Proverbs 19.14 says, A good woman is a gift from the living God. Abigail recognized the very, very tense political situation that was developing between David and Nabal. And her wisdom and intelligence, her closeness to God, because except somebody is close to God, the prophetic things that she uttered will be difficult to come by. That's a message for another day, particularly for troubled homes, that a woman who is sold and totally dedicated to God, God still has a special place for them. One of the things that I worry about the most, particularly in troubled families, is what God does to a recalcitrant husband that mistreats a daughter of God. I pray that that should never happen here. But it's a lesson to all men who are just hardened in their ways. We won't lose any man. Amen? Abigail is recognized for her ability to navigate a politically tense conflict between King David and her husband, Nabal. Her wisdom and valor so touched King David. She became the wife of David after Nabal's death. That was the wise woman of Tekoa who was sent to persuade David to leave the ban on his son Absalom. Many sharp and gifted women found their ways into the pages of the Hebrew scriptures and are still honored until today. Praise the Lord. So, fast forward to the days of the Lord. What happened? What had happened? The social condition of women had radically altered from that of their ancient sisters, and their roles drastically changed for the worse. While in theory, in theory, just like us, we hold them at least until I repented, thanks to Tox and Dele, who put all the pressure in this life on me because I ceased being a believer in the capacity of our women here because they were always just doing the contrary things. But thanks be to God, you have changed. And I acknowledge it openly. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Fast forward. To the days of the Lord, the social condition of women had radically altered from that of their ancient sisters, and their rulers and their roles drastically changed for the worse. While in theory, women were held in high regard in practice, this was not always the case. The concept of zenua, this is the Hebrew word, or the private role of the woman, which was based, they just took a scripture. They took a scripture in Psalm 45, verse 13, which says, All thy glorious princess in their chamber. I think you want to read that. The king's daughter is all glorious within. Mm -hmm. Her clothing is out of wrath, mm -hmm. is of wrath gold. She shall be brought unto the king in a raiment of needlework. Mm -hmm. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought unto thee. With gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought. They shall enter into the king's palace. Enter into the king's palace. Verse 13 is what I was looking for. 
And they picked that. And I will show you who picked that. In that intervening period, that the woman's place... I don't want to use the corrupted words of Buari, but it was the same principle. It was the same principle. All glorious is the princess in her chamber. All glorious is the princess in her chamber. While a man's responsibility was seen as public, a woman's life was confined almost entirely within the private family setting. The women recounted in the Intertestament and New Testament were very likely to be illiterate. Very likely. Because the woman was not allowed to be taught. The woman was not allowed to be taught. Since the rabbis did not consider it incumbent upon the women to learn to read in order to study the scriptures, they based that doctrine on the passage that you find in Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 9. It said, teach them to thy sons. Can you give that to me, please? Only take heed to thyself. Yes. And keep thy soul diligently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. And it says, teach them to thy sons and thy sons' sons. And they built a doctrine around that. That a woman is not to be taught. Wow. Women were not allowed to testify in court. Similarly, custom dictated that even a woman of stature could not engage anymore in commerce and would rarely be seen outside her home. Only a woman in dire economic straits who was forced to become the, the family breadwinner. And do you know, I found out what the, 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 the meaning of the translation of the word prostitutes. Can anyone guess what it was? We always look at the prostitutes as uh, a loose woman. Yes, but in the diction in which they used it, it is the one who goes about. The one who goes around. So, you who is a businesswoman, I didn't say it, too. they said it. Such was the level of leaven that had been introduced by the rabbis in the Talmudic times. Picked one scripture, majored on it, and clamped the woman down. In Talmudic times, respectable women were expected to stay within the confines of their home. The terminology for a prostitute was one who goes abroad. If a woman was ever in the streets, she was to be heavily veiled and was prohibited from conversing with men. The woman of that time did not even do her shopping except possibly go out accompanied by a slave to buy material which she would use to construct her own clothing at home. It is the, I'm now quoting one of the, one of the rabbis. I, I can give you the quote. I can give you the, it is the way of a woman to stay at home and it is the way of the man to go out into the marketplace. I'm sure you would love that if I would give you everything you wanted in your life. But can a man give you everything you want? We have also then, by their definition, 
the role of the woman as a helper, an extender of the capacity to be effective in the ministry of the kingdom. The perfect couple in ministry, and I've taught this over several weeks, even Paul, I'm not sure Paul uh, fully understood the import of what she was doing. Each time he spoke about Priscilla, Priscilla and Aquila. Four out of the five times that those, those names were mentioned, Priscilla was always first, and then Aquila. But it wasn't so much to show, to show sequence, but to show effectiveness in ministry in the manner in which God intended it to be, that the woman will be an extender of your capacity to be able to complete and do all that God wants you to do. Every man who is called of God that doesn't understand that, I say to you, you are shortchanging yourself and I doubt if you will fulfill everything that God wants you to fulfill. I've asked them to extract the principles that I taught on Priscilla and Aquila to get it into a booklet. I want to hand it to every woman that is married here that you may understand that God has more in store for you than just being a bedmate or a kitchen maid. You are an extender of the capacity to fulfill God's mandate. Say that to yourself. I am an extender of the capacity to fulfill God's mandate in the life of my man. You need to begin to understand that except if that man has no mandate. And I would that you go and listen to Miles Monroe when he speaks about the man who has not found his mandate. That's why you find them yele yele life. And I pity such a woman. Praise the Lord. It is needful to get you to see what it is that God has put in stock. So Bereshit Rabbah was the one who said that it is the way of a woman to stay at home and it is the way of the man to go out into the marketplace. Women were separated from men in private, in public, and in religious life. They could go to the temple, but they could not venture beyond the confines of the women's court. There was no such court found in the original design of Solomon's temple. They didn't have a woman's court in Solomon's temple. Everyone freely participated in temple worship, male and female. The few rights of a woman included a right to go to the house of study to hear a sermon or pray. Uh, va, 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 this, is, this was by Vaikira Rabba. I have all the names. I can't pronounce their names, but I, I, I brought all the proof because I wanted to give you a full picture. Now, it was also a basic right to attend a wedding feast, a house of mourning, or to visit our relatives. You'll find that in the Misna that was issued by uh, Ketubot uh, in section 7.5. One Talmudic passage perhaps best sums up the, the situation of the women in these times that I spoke about, the intertestament period, they are swathed like a mourner, referring to the face and hair covering, isolated from the people, and shut up in prison. That's the way this Talmudic passage says it about the woman. What brought about this drastic change from 
the place that God puts them in the days of Israel and the transition that has happened until the days of the Lord. So you will begin to understand why the Lord had to take the stand that he took. There was the need for absolute restoration of the dignity and the place of the woman. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And if the Lord did that, who am I? Who am I? What brought, what brought about this drastic change from the, from the esteemed women that were in the times of the Hebrew scriptures to their near exclusion from society by the era of the intertestament period? This derogated view of a woman's role is thought to have been imported from Greek thought because when you look at the, the, Greek, the, the, the Greek writings, the similarities between the Hellenistic and Talmudic views of, of, of women, they are very, very, very similar. Then entered the Lord Jesus Christ, who was not afraid to challenge the status quo. Remember the first conversation in John chapter 4. When the disciples came and saw Jesus, what? Upon this came his disciples. And the scripture said they see they did what? What word did he use there? They marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no man could to challenge him. Why do you talk with her? At this time, they couldn't challenge him. Later on, when Jesus was speaking to that Sarah of Phoenicia, they, they were driving, why you can't talk to her? You can't talk to her. It was the culture of their times that was being reflected in the manner in which they even addressed the Lord and Master. Praise the Lord. This may sound to you, strange to you, but I'm, this note I'm going to give to Pastor Andrew to make available. And you can go and research this. I researched this myself. Because as I began to see the way the Lord dealt with women, it was clear that something was wrong. And I sought to, found, to find out why. By publicly including women in his ministry, Jesus shattered the prejudicial customs of his days. Why was it unusual for Jesus to speak with women? Nothing in the Mosaic law prevented women and women from conversing with one another. Jesus shattered this darkness by offering his teachings freely to anyone, anyone who would come to listen. Remember John chapter 6. When he fed them, he changed um, uh, two pieces of fish and five loaves of bread and fed what? 5,000. Five, 5, Men, women, because they were grouped by their families, were there. We see directly, we see him directly speaking to women on numerous occasions. The woman at the well is a, perhaps the best example, and I just gave you that. Another paradigm-breaking moment is found in the story of Jesus and his disciples in the homes of Sister Mary, uh, the sisters Mary and Martha. I never saw this before until this study. The reaction of Martha wasn't so much the fact that she wanted the sister to come and help. It was because it's unusual for a woman to sit and be listening to a man teach. Ma 
pastor want to correct her? Don't you see that she is walking against the grain of custom? And Jesus finished her and said she has chosen the better thing. Mary has done what? Chosen the better thing. Mary, mesmerized by Jesus' teaching, is caught by her sister Martha sitting and listening to Jesus' teaching with the male disciples. I miss that. Because Jesus, Jesus didn't go to their house alone. The disciples were there. So, Mary was sitting alongside the disciples listening to the Lord. How dare you? You are breaking tradition. You are breaking the rules. The role of women was to serve the family and support the education of the men. And Martha became very angry at Rabbi Jesus for not enforcing the norms by telling Mary to go help. But Jesus passionately defended Mary. Said it. Said Mary has done what? Matthew 15, 22 to 28. That's the example that I was referring to, the Canaanite woman. Can you read that, please? And behold, a woman of Canaan came mm. out of the same coast yes. and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lordship of the house of Israel. Can you see the reaction of the disciples? Send her away. You can't talk to her. She's not just a woman, but she's a gentle woman. You can't. But the persistence of the woman broke down the wall when Jesus said, can you finish reading it please? Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread but, and to cast it to the dogs. And, it's, and she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus could do nothing but honor the faith of the woman. Insults and whatever did not stop her. Jesus spoke to her. Do you know what more? The woman who was caught in adultery, did Jesus speak to her through an intermediary? Face-to-face -face communication to bring about her redemption. The woman at the gate of nine, whose child they were carrying, you remember the story in Luke? Jesus actually said, daughter. And you will find that beyond speaking to them, the Lord Jesus used such endearing words why should not a daughter of Abraham be free? Do you know what that means? To the Jew that listened to that, if God called a woman the daughter of Abraham, Jesus restores that equality. Glory to Jesus. I want you to understand something. Not talking about not raising your shoulders, but understanding the things that Jesus has wrought for you as women. Society and culture may have relegated you, and I say it again, that one may have fallen into that trap. But we must speak as the word of God shows us, as I've emphasized, your role 
as an extender of the capacity for the fulfillment of divine mandate on the life of your man, on the life of your husband. Let nothing rob you of that. Because God will ask you, what did you do with your life? You will have no excuse. You won't have any excuse. And that's why this word is coming. Thanks for listening. Join us again on Friday for the concluding part of today's sermon. If you want further information on what you have heard on today's episode, please call 0803-3628-796 or visit us online at tcbc.org.ng.